in called the promised land. And, and what we've been talking about as we're going through the book of Joshua this summer is that, that God indeed promised land to a group of people. But when we discover this leading up to now at the moment here, we're going to look at today, they're about ready to possess the land. Now, last week, we, they, you know, Joshua sent out a couple spies, and they, they interacted with a prostitute. And some of you are like, you heard that? You weren't here last week. You go, prostitute? What, are that, what is that all about? Well, you go back and listen to the message, and you, you can read in Joshua chapter 2 what happened. But God was using various people to accomplish his purposes to this place of where they're going to possess the land. And, and here we are still at the edge. <laughs> We're not quite in the land yet. And God wants to do another work and another, let me say, preparation that's going to take place. And so we're going to jump into Joshua chapter 3 here this morning. And we'll look at some text and then we'll talk about it here. And it's almost kind of like a, a pre-trip check that needed to take place. In verse 5 of chapter 3, it says that Joshua told the people to consecrate themselves. That's a preparation word. Consecrate actually means to prepare, to be ready. And and what they're getting ready for, and and it was and what they did was kind of like a ceremonial washing. They they prepared their bodies, but really he's asking them to prepare their minds and their hearts for what they're going to engage with. And I think it's a reminder to us when we're entering the battle, whatever we're going through, is to realize is that it's not just getting the, the outward preparations to, together, but it's the inward work that God is going to do. And, and, I, and I, what I love about this, what are they preparing for? Get ready for this. What so this says? It says, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That's just such a powerful thing. I think that here God is saying, you're getting ready and you're going to concentrate yourself. And, and now what you're going to do, you're going to experience something amazing. How many would love, love something amazing? Now, that would be an amazing, amazing promise that God was going to do something amazing. But what needed was some preparation to take place. Scripture says next that Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. If, if you're not familiar with the Bible and wondering, maybe you've heard of the Ark of the Covenant. You remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's probably where I went to as a kid. I didn't, when I heard that uh, the Ark, I didn't even know what that meant. I always went to Harrison Ford in my head. But really what the Ark of the Covenant was, it was the, it was Moses was told to get this built and they carried it on some sticks and they carried it along and it was a sacred box and what it, what it contained was some, some articles of the past. It was the, the Ten Commandments and Aaron's rod and, and there's these special things that God says, take this along as a reminder of what I have done in the past but also what is believed symbolically and maybe even very presently was God's, God's presence was in the box. That his, he embodied this presence. And it was a reminder to the people, say, wherever you go, I want to, I want to be with you. In fact, what I want to do, God's saying, I want to go before you. And that's what the ark represented. Because this is what it says is they, they, they were led, and many times if you read in the ark of covenant, led the people into the battle. But, but we've been saying over and over, the battle belongs to the Lord. The Lord is the one that goes ahead in the, in the battle ahead. So they're going to new territory here, but God makes it personal. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. 
Do you see the theme over and over and over again? It's not about just getting to the destination, just getting there. We're all trying to get there. What God's saying over and over, I want to be with you. I want to go with you in relationship. And he's saying to Joshua, just was it with your mentor Moses, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to show myself through you by doing a new thing. In fact, what we're going to read here is a new miracle. You're going to have your own miracle. You're going to have your own story. You're going to actually, yes, the past was wonderful and I did amazing things, but I'm about to do amazing things. I got a promise for you to do that I'm about to do, and that's what he does. This new generation was ready for this miracle. So this is what it says. God told Joshua to cross the Jordan at flood stage. Very familiar story similar to the past. Look at verse 15, and it says, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached to the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing, and it piled up in a heap and a great distance away, and all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Again, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like another crossing of the, of the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, way back with a different generation. And so the Lord indeed is showing himself through now a new generation to Joshua that, that I am still at work. I am about to do and continue to do, as I've done in the past, amazing things. And I will go before you. And so this is what it says as they, they did. They crossed over. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. And on, on it says this, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Just as it was significant of the ark and the sign that, would, that represented what would that contained of God and who he is, God is saying, now I want you to lay out some new markers, some new memorials for you to remember, but not just you to remember, but to, for others that, ahead of you to remember, what, is, what are these stones? What do they represent? And, and, and so to tell them, this is what God has done. The mighty works that he's accomplished but on top of that, a reminder of this is that God does mighty works, but as he does it through people that are obedient by faith that are along the journey. See, as I was reflecting on this post-Jordan passing, it got me thinking about our own things that we get past, the things that we cross over to get to from one place to another. There's many things that we transition in life, but we've been going through, in some ways, a transition that we've had from from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. And as we're inching our way, and how many know it's, sometimes it's feeling like a few steps forward and a few steps back and a few steps forward, we're moving our way along. But I'm wondering one day when we're finally crossed over, when we finally get into whatever the next thing is and the next opportunity and the next challenge of life, when we get past the phase of whatever this is, what will people look back on us and what we have left as remembrance? 
What will they look back on? They say, what was it like when you went through this pandemic? What did you tell us, grandma? Tell us, great grandpa. What was it like? What would you say? Say, wow, I'll tell you, son, grandson, it was, granddaughter, it was, it was a battle. I'll tell you, we had a battle. I mean, we got in the Costco line. I'll tell you, we got there first. We knew this, this, this toilet paper is going to run short. We knew, we knew in this quarantine that we want to make sure we're up in all our subscriptions and this thing called, we used to have called Netflix and Hulu and, you know, we're, we, we, we had to make sure. And I mean, we, we just kind of, we're just stuck at home and we just had to watch endless hours of, 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 of programming and TV that we did that. And, you know, we, you know, yeah, and there was a lot of uproar during the time and a lot of things happening. And, you know, we just, we just complained a lot. That's honestly what we did. We were, we were upset with these people and that group and that government and this happening and, and this over here. And we just, we just kind of caught, caught up in all the politics of it. We, 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 were, we were complaining about pieces of cloth on our faces. And, and we, were, we were upset with this. And, you know, because people were, you know, people were going to take our, our, our Christian rights away we were in fear and we didn't know what to do and we just we hunkered down and we just were waiting to get through this and so we just had packages delivered to us from to our door and we just got through this will that be our testimony will that be our legacy or will it be different would it be to be able to say, you know what? It was, it was very uniquely challenging times, but God was with us through it all. And he helped us through it. And you know, there was people that, that freaked out and fear about it. And there's people that demanded their rights and their freedom. And yet we just tried to stay focused on Jesus through the whole time. And it was hard because all these people were left and right and we didn't want to do, but we just, we just focused on the Lord and, and we focused on his mission. And, and we're glad we, 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 we kept our eyes on Jesus. I, the question is, what will people look back? You know, when, I, when I've done different things, and, you know, I've done memorials, and, and I've done where there's crowds of people, hundreds of people I've done a memorial for. And then I've done a memorial for three people. It was myself, the funeral director, and the person who was taking care of the will of the person passed away. And it was an obligation they're trying to fulfill in the will and testament there, there would be a memorial service for them. Let me just ask this question. When you're gone when it's all said and done what do you want to be known for what do you want to be known for not just what our generation is what do you want to be one what do i want to be known for when when people look at our our story and they they read it in a you know on a website now and 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 they look at they look at a gravestone and and they see the 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 birth date and the death date of us, and there's this dash there in the middle. What, what do they think about the dash in between the life that you lived? When they, they, when they turn the old photo album and they see you as an ancestor, what memories will they have of you? Does that, does that matter? What will they be saying? Will it be positive memories or will it be scarring memories? Will, will, will they look back at you and go and pity you? Like, oh, they had a lot of difficult things in life and things happened to them. They're really a victim of life. And there's pity. Or would they look with disdain, anger? What will people say about you? I say, I think with my whole heart, I just sense today is God is saying that these, these Jordan parting moments that were to cross over. When we cross over from the past, from the, the past pain and the past failures, but also what's also just as difficult sometimes is to, to pass 
to pass over from the, the successes and from the nostalgia of the past, how do we move forward? And how will we be remembered for our movement in obedience and faith in Christ? And so I want to leave you with this thought is this, today's true promise is if, if you want to leave a legacy, it starts by living one today. So if you want to leave a legacy, it starts, it starts with living one today. What this means is decisions that you make today are going to affect and impact people tomorrow. The, the, the reaction to life today and what you go through is going to affect the people around you tomorrow. The investment that you make today, what you do with your, and we'll talk about this, what you do with your life, will, it, will, it will have significance ahead. The words you speak, they, they will, they'll, you speak them today will affect the next generation. So scripture speaks of God telling Joshua to stack 12 stones. To stack these stones to remind the next generation of the miracle, not only that he's done, but remember the miracle he did through obedient people that stepped out in faith to do it. I'm wondering if these stones could talk if these stones that were stacked in your life, what would, what would they say? Would there be some themes to them? I've been thinking about that a little bit for myself, and I'm thinking, wow, I don't know if 12, we don't have time to talk about 12, but I'd like to talk about four. And I want you to think about the stones, if they had a name, if you identified what the stones would be of significance, what would you stack in your notes, you can write these in and, and re remind you of these. I want to give you some suggestions, some ideas of some stones to stack that I want to leave you here this morning with. You can put your own list together. These are just ideas. Four suggestions of stones to stack to live out the legacy. The, the first one, and, and and by the way, uh, on your way out, make sure you take your stone or remembrance. But in fact, you could probably hold it in your hand as we're talking or you're writing down thoughts here. But this is for you to take to remind you of this day. What would this stone represent that matters most to you? We'll, we'll, we'll have a prayer over this at the end, not for the stone, but for you and what that stone represents. But the first stone I want to leave you with is this, is the stone of, of authenticity. You know, as Joshua called the people to lay a stone, there's, there's something powerful about authenticity. And authenticity is about being who you are, who you really are, right? There's the, there's the public us, you know? There's people, I, I, and I've learned this. You can, you can impact people from afar. You know, or I'm sorry, you can, you can impress people from afar, but you only impact people up close. And, and parents, we did this. I'm sure moms and, and dads did this when you're, you ever remember when your kids are little or maybe your kids are still in the house and you're, you know, you're just, you yell, you're yelling at them. Come on. You're just yelling at them. Clean up this house. You're just, you know, you're at this crescendo and the phone rings and you pick it up and you're like, ah, and then you go, hello. You don't have to raise your hand if you did that. And kids are like, mom, dad, you're fake, you know? You, you know? But we've done that, right? What we perceive on the outside. You know, integrity is, is, it means who you are when no one's looking. But I would tell you this, it's also who you are when the little ones are looking. When the people that you're not trying to press out there are looking, but the people that you're impacting. Integrity is so much a part of authenticity. And so the, the great excuse that young people give, and they still give those who grew up in the Christian home that walk away from their faith is that the parents, the parents were hypocrites. You can say one thing and do another. And I, I'm going to ask you this question. Are you who you claim to be? 
Bible says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did, living it out. And here's the challenge with that. We don't always live up to what we say we are. But here's, here's where, this is so important, I've learned in my life, that we're not perfect, so when we're not perfect, we have to admit it when we're not perfect. And that's where humility comes in. Authenticity is, is leading through humility. Humility is one of the toughest things we can have. And I tell you, when, when we're not humble, when we're hum, not humbling ourselves, we will be humbled, right? The Lord will humble us. And, and that's why scripture says in Ephesians, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Not humble brag, not like, you know, I'm so glad I was able to serve these people. And, you know, they, 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 that's, this, there's a hum, that's pride right there. Well, hum, humility is actually when you have to say you're wrong and you messed up. And I tell you what, I messed up royally last Monday afternoon. I misread an email to a group of people and I went down a a rabbit hole or train or whatever you call it and I end up having to clean up my mess at the end of that day I ended up insulting people I ended up going in a different direction some things and they're like whoa 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 did you not read finally said down at the and like oh my gosh I missed it and I had to personally apologize to the people and I'm glad I was able to do that and got caught and you know I caught myself and it was pointed out to me because that thing could have kept going and kept going and unfortunately I've had that in my past and maybe you have too where you know I'm glad for God's grace that I that I got found out that I was wrong but that God gave me the grace to admit that I was wrong not every time I do that it takes me sometimes a little bit longer let me ask this for you uh, you know, what, who today do you need to say sorry to? Listen, we're, we, authenticity is not like living this up, this, 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 this standard. No, it's, it's, it's humbling ourselves and admitting when we're wrong. And I've had to learn this with asking people for forgiveness is not everybody actually responds well to me in that. Sometimes I've asked a person to forgive me and I've been very sincere about it. And they said, let me see. Or I'll, you know, and they never ever did. I've learned this. I've already, in, in recovery, we've learned this. I've cleaned my side of the street. I've done all I can in that relationship, and it's up, up to them. So forgiveness helps you to say, I'm going to move on and admit it, but humility is so important. At Christ the King, we are here to create an authentic Christian, or now we changed it a, a little bit, authentic Christ-centered community, Christ-centered community. We want to live a legacy, and that's by being real. Another Another stone of remembrance that I encourage us to consider is the stone of, of generosity. The Bible reminds us of what's ours. The Bible says what we own. Do you know what we own? Nothing. Scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So he owns it all and then God gives us what we have that we're to steward it, manage it. None of it's ourselves. My house, you're like, oh, I paid my house off. We own it. No, God owns your house. And most of it, the bank still owns it, right? Yeah, but, but we don't own anything. Even our very lives are on loan to God. And God gives us different amounts and different things. And so we need to remember that where we are, it's everything was called for the kingdom purposes of what he wants to accomplish. And I, I tell you, we're sitting in a memorial right here. This old building is a memorial of people have come and served in the past. People that I could give names to that faces and people have scraped and painted and repaired and sacrificed 
what we call here the connection place. In fact, people sitting in this room, I can look around, there's a few that we're still around, aren't we? And we're still here that we've painted these walls and we've done, we've done different things here along ways to keep this place going. But if these walls could talk, it would not be who, who painted them. It would be, it would speak of the lives that have been impacted over the last decade here. Literally hundreds of people have raised hands to accept Christ. We've seen, we've baptized dozens of people. We, just like we had a prayer over Logan, we've, we've commissioned people to go and, and, and live out the gospel in various places across the world and, and, and across our community. We sent a whole group of people to, to Blaine to start a church there. That's what we do. But the, what we need to recognize is that God is still doing work. God is still at work, that there is, there's, more to come. In fact, the best is yet to come. That's really what he's saying to Joshua. All this happened, and all these are great things, but guess what? I'm doing a new thing, and I'm starting with, I'm still doing it with a new generation. And to do that, remind the people that of my faithfulness, which we'll talk about, but my but, but what I've done, but I want to do it through people. And so I think generosity is one of those stones to, to stack. And I think in three basic areas that we've talked about over and over when it comes to generosity, it's in our time and our talent and our treasure. All of us only have so much time in the day. Well, actually, we all have the same amount of time in the day, 24 hours. We just don't know how many day, 24 hours we have, don't we? And some of you know, and as I'm getting older, it seems like it's going faster and faster. The days are going by very quickly. What are we doing with not tomorrow or someday, but what are we doing with today? We're not guaranteed tomorrow, but we can do what we need to do today. How about this day? How about this opportunity? If you're online and you're watching and you're sitting where you're at or you're listening to this, what are you doing today with what you have, with the time that you have? So we have time and, and you're going, I don't have time. Well, look at your phone and see the, your analytics on how much time. It'll tell you how much time you spend on your phone. You can look at how much time you spend on your, 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 your TV washing and your, and your streaming. That'll tell you a lot. There's, there's maybe some time out there that you, has an opportunity for you. It's not just a matter of when. It's also a matter of what. That there's talent that you and I have. And I, I sometimes get on myself because I, I don't feel like I'm, well, I'm one of these people called mechanically declined, okay? I break stuff and my wife fixes it, okay? She's the handy man in the house. And we have a great relationship. Uh, it works out pretty well. But some of us kind of doubt ourselves with the abilities that we can do. But we all have talents that God wants to use in our lives. And I want to take, just give you a, some examples of it right now in our, in our church that, that we need help with. I'll just tell you that we're in a season right now. And I love Chris and, and you know, but Chris, is, Chris can't do it all in here. And, and so he can't be just a one-man band. We're looking for musicians. And, and so we really, truly need help. And so if you, if you have any musical skills, you know, if you play guitar or you, you piano or instrument, and then you haven't played it for a while, would you consider dusting it off and consider start playing and practice? Chris would love to connect with you and talk with you, how you can get involved with us and serve. And he's done a great job. Just some people that haven't done it for a while, they're, they're learning and they're growing and we want to, we're, we're building again a, a, a reset of a new team that one day we'd love to have a full band again. If you're involved in, you're great, we need organizers. We need people that will be willing to be kind of drivers of things uh, ahead. And, and I love how this lately, uh, uh, Sarah, who's new in our church, she, she's taken on, 
much. She's looked at our social media. She's taking on kind of our social media mama. She's, she's taking some of this and how we can move forward and not just getting more likes on our, on our analytics, but actually how she's getting people connected to from social media to social ministry. And so it's fun to see how that's going on. And we love what's happening our landscape team. And people are taking care of things outside. And it's wonderful. There's, but there's more to come. And so, you know, if you're here and you're new and you're still trying to figure out where your place is, I encourage you, event planning, supply organizing, database, editing, organizing people, and repairs and maintenance. By the way, I, I tried to fix something downstairs the other day in the preschool room, and, I, and it, was, it, it needed to be addressed, and I didn't have anybody, and so I tried to fix it myself. And all I could say is we, we have a, we have, we've got an area rug now covering a big stain on our carpet because uh, of my efforts. And so we need help in, in, the, in these kind of areas, in the practical areas. But I would say one of the big things right now is prayer. Uh, over the years, we've had, as, as Logan mentioned, our, our connection cards and we have people praying. We want to keep the integrity to say people are still praying for these connection cards. And there's a few people here and the people who are watching that you're on that prayer team, but it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I looked on the list. So if you say, man, I love just to pray for people, let us know, send us your email, and we'll get you on the prayer request list. And basically, you receive an email with all these various prayer requests that people fill out each week. If it's marked confidential, I'm the only one that gets those. But all prayer requests go to our prayer team, and we pray over these needs. That's a, a great thing we can do. We mentioned uh, working with young people, as Logan mentioned. We're, we're at a reset. We're needing to do that. Um, there's so many different things. I was talking with Cap, uh, Dan, Dan DeMann in our uh, community assistance program, and they're needing people, they're getting so much donations of clothes, and so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the, the clothing man needs volunteers. So many things we could take our time and our, our talent, but also our treasure. You and I have money, and you might think, I don't have a whole lot. Well, if you're the poorest person in the room here, you think you are, guess what? You're probably the richest person in, in world standard right now. But we have a lot of need, and there's a lot there's a lot of ways we can meet the needs, but God's called us to, to do that together. And it's, it's a sacrifice, not just giving out of our abundance, but there is a call, there is a call to give and to give the treasures that God has given us. And, and if you're fairly new, because we do have a lot of new people coming lately, and I want you, if you're watching online, you're wondering how this church is supported. The church is supported by the people right here. The people that are giving locally to North Bay. There's no other entity. Somebody said, oh, we're part of a network and we probably get money from headquarters. No. <laughs> we actually pay into our network. 10% goes into our network. And what that covers, we've got great accounting and HR and, and, and there's different services that we get provided for for our staff and equipping and those kind of th kinds of things. But we, we, don't, we don't get any other funds from anywhere else. God provides through the people locally here. And also we give 10% away. We give to our local partners and our global partners. And so we believe if we're asking people to tithe here, we as a church believe we want to tithe so it sends out to the world. That it's not, our needs are not the only thing being met. And so people ask me, how are we doing? I'm like, our head's above water, okay? God's provided so much, and we're, we're kind of like right here. And when you're right here, you know, there's no room for comfort. <laughs> you're just, you're paddling pretty good in the water. But God has provided each and every way, and he continues to do that. And so as God's leading you, what are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do with your talent? What are you going to do treasure in the, in the memorial and setting a stone of, of generosity? And the other one I mentioned already is faithfulness. It's about doing what you know to do. 
doing what you know to do. I think this, this is an important stack because it, it, I don't, I don't want to see if I never really practiced this. Okay. Um, is, is stacking the stone of faithfulness, is, it's a good one to stack because maybe you don't feel like you can do enough, you know? And, and here's the thing. God has never called us to be famous, but he's called us to be faithful. The Bible says at the end of our life that we'll hear these words from Jesus himself. It'll be, he'll say, well done, good, and what? Successful? No. Well done, good, and faithful servant. That's what he's called us to do. It's not about what you can't do and what you don't know to do. It's what you know what to do and what you can do. The question is, what will you do? So this week's spiritual practice, I just encourage you to fill this in. I will use my time and my talent and my treasure in investing God's kingdom. What will it be? Now, some of you have been around for a while. You're already on the mission. You're already doing things. So you could just write in what you're doing. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. But for some of you, you would say, oh, yeah, I think there's a season now where there, uh, there's something new I need to do. Maybe there's some of the things I suggested to you, you can mark on your connection card and drop it in and let us know because there is a way. And it's not just meeting the needs that are here, but it's actually also getting you on the mission of Jesus that you're called to do, that we're leaving, no, no, we're living a life of legacy today, not waiting for tomorrow. Finally, though, we come to this last one. I think it's, it's the last, but definitely not least. And I would say maybe the most important. It's not what we do, it's why we do it. And that is love. It's all about expressing what we have been sacrificed for. It's all about expressing what has been sacrificed for you. Let's see if I can do this. Mm, that does not look safe, does it? Don't breathe. Why this is most important, I love what Paul says of the motive. Paul goes straight to the heart. You, you might know this really well. You've heard this in weddings. If I speak the tongue of men or angels that have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries of all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am Nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give all my body to, to hardship that I will, may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Unfortunately, the last 18 months, people that don't follow Jesus, what they've observed by those who claim to follow Jesus is there's been a lot of opinions, but not a lot of love. I tell you, Opinions do not win people over typically. They actually repel people. What wins people over to Jesus is love. Jesus' method and motive has always been love. And the love that we give, the love that we express, is the love that he expressed to us. And sacrifice without any agenda. I love what it says, God, that Christ says about love, he says, my commandment is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love than no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love, true love, is always, always a part of sacrifice that we give. And this is a memorial that we can look back on. We could look back on, what is this? Being 
Authenticity, thank you. What is this one? Generosity, yeah, that's a good one. And then, you know, this one here we talked about was, what was it? Faithfulness, thank you, forgot. And then, and then this one's to top it off as love. Christ himself reflected all of these and, and 12 or more stones of stones are remembered. And the remembrance we have in the memorial is the cross. That Jesus came and was the memorial for us and sacrificed. And we look back, when we look back at the cross and we see, we go, God, you, you fulfilled it all through Christ. The promise was you that we have in our possession, your very presence with us. I invite Chris to come as we, so we close. I want you just to think about this and maybe, you know, go ahead now, take your rock out and you'll, you get to take this with you as a little gift. And I, I don't know what you want to do with this, but I, I would suggest this is that maybe one of these, these four things, maybe it's authenticity, maybe it's generosity, maybe it's faithfulness, maybe it's love. Maybe, maybe you could identify one of these four and you go know, like, Dan, thanks for the suggestion. That's one I'm going to really pray through and ask the Lord to help me with. Maybe you haven't been really real with people lately. You're like, man, I just really, there's some, there's some things I need to do. I need to apologize to somebody. I need to be authentic with my, my family, my kids, my coworkers, my friends. I need to get real. I, I, need to, I need to look in the area of generosity. I've been greedy lately. And I think some of the greediness has been, I think it's been around, it's, it's, we live in a world of scarcity. It's been survival. And what happens when people survive, one of the first things people do as followers of Jesus, and, and they do this, they just stop giving to the church. I tell you, you can't afford not to give when it comes. God is so faithful. And when we allow ourselves to be a river he flows through, and the local church and the expression to the community is so, so important. And it's not just in money, it's in our time and our talents, but we, we can close in and like we're closing ranks and that's the last thing. Well, the devil would love that, right? To close the ranks. No, we're called to push out into God's will for the mission of Jesus to be generous. And just to be, at the end of the day, man, I'm not doing well, I'm not doing well, but you can be faithful. Not always, I don't think I always get it right. That's okay. God says, just be successful. No, be faithful. Be faithful to, to what I've called you to do. And then at the end of the day, top it off with love. If, if you're doing all these things and you're not expressing it in love, it's pushing people away. You're missing the motive. Jesus summed it all up by this love for one another that he expressed in his love for us. So I don't know. What does it represent for you today? I want you to hold your rock and let's, let's pray. And Lord, you called Joshua to consecrate themselves, to go to prayer. That you said you, you're about to do amazing things among them. Could, Lord, could that still be true today? Is it possible that the same God of the universe, the God that, that, that part of the, the, the Red Sea, that part of the Jordan River, that you're still doing miracles? And that you're walking among us and doing those miracles that, like we sang today? Lord, if, if it's not possible, we might as well just go home and call it good. If we do not believe that you're still the miracle-working God. And Lord, as we hold this, these, these stones of remembrance, may we thank you for what you have done and brought the remembrance of who you are, Lord. Jesus, that you... Your, your cross was a memorial for our, our forgiveness and for the freedom we have in you. The, the, the resurrection is a memorial. That tomb is a memorial. That, that, that big stone that was, that was pulled away 
And then Jesus, you came back to life in the third day. That's a memorial to us. Now to be a living memorial, not just to leave a legacy. Lord, there will be one day where people look back on us and they'll say nice things about us. But what will they say? Will they say, Lord, that we just didn't do things ahead. We, we in the moment and the time, especially right in this very day, in this very, this very season, Lord, they could look back and like, they were faithful, they were generous, they were authentic, and boy, one of the things that they expressed the most was they just loved us, that we would have that legacy of love, and it's your love. Lord, if there's some here that are struggling in these areas, especially in love, Lord, may we just embrace your love that you have for us. And Lord, in that love, and and as we experience that, that we can live out this legacy of that love, Lord. We ask for that. And Lord, as we consecrate ourselves here, as we go into this week, and even now, Lord, as we enter in the the battlefield in Scripture, Lord, maybe we're going to be entering the battle this week. Lord, just like you did for Moses and just like you did for Joshua, you went before the people. Lord, go before us into this week that we will follow you embodying and possessing your very presence in us wherever we go, but we're in the journey with you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.